This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. So 243 of the Yellow Wall Pod. I'm your host Stefan Botsko, and I welcome the one and only Lars Polman to this beautiful cup preview episode. Hello, Lars. Hello, Stefan. How are you doing on this fine Friday afternoon or night? I was just going to say, are you still on US time? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm fine too. Thank you. Uh, in case there's a lot of background noise today, our neighbors are having a garden feast outside um, where I already visited and had a couple of beers. So if there are any mishaps more than usual, uh, please excuse me. Also here, the wonderful Konstantin Eckner from Spielverlagerung. Hello, Konstantin. How are you doing on this fine afternoon slash evening, depending on your time I'm, zone? I'm doing wonderfully well. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. And how are you? Mm -hmm. Still good. Still good. How have you been since returning to Germany? Like I said, it's a little bit weird, uh, but overall I'm fine. So, um, anywho, it's going to be a cup game on Monday night, 8.45 p.m. Central European summertime. Borussia Dortmund travel to the Sportpark Ronhof. Virigula Thomas Sommer, whatever that means, aka Stadion am Laubenweg. Uh, they are going to play the first round cup game against second Bundesliga team Greuther Fürth, Sportvereinigung Greuther Fürth to be exact. They have uh, played two games thus far in the zweite Bundesliga, a 3-1 win against Sandhausen and a 1-1 draw against Ingolstadt. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting game because Obviously, it's the first competitive game for Dortmund, and we will see the very first competitive lineup, and that always gives a couple of hints of uh, who has won in the preseason and who hasn't. And um, I think we're all very excited, and uh, I'm personally even more excited than usual because uh, we have something very special for uh, the listeners on this episode, and that is Konstantin Eckner made notes. Konstantin. That's very great. Thank you for doing that. Um, you have actually downloaded a game of Kreuterfurt against Ingolstadt and watched it and then made notes. That is why that's correct. Why? Uh, because I'm um, I'm more of a note taker. That's since, kind of my thing. Since when? I I I have. I've it's a new season, last No, 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 no. Give me a break. So I've boxes uh, somewhere. I don't know where. Um, with. Books full of notes from the last five or six years. I have watched thousands of matches and I have taken notes on all of them. Yeah, but you've never used them on this show. For, yeah, for because some I'm reason. usually unprepared. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a priority thing, I guess. All right. Mm. While I enjoy the meta discussion, uh, do you want to indulge and uh, let our listeners know all about the great Kreuterfurt and what Borussia Dortmund can expect? 
on Monday night putting the lid on the first cup round? Uh, yes. So, as you mentioned, I watched uh, Fritz's recent match against uh, Ingolstadt, actually. Um, the true at Ingolstadt, so wasn't really that exciting um, all right, so of a match. All because... information listeners already know. But go ahead. Maybe we'll, we'll... find something new. All right. Uh, thanks for interrupting, uh, by the way. So, yeah, uh, Fürth is one of the typical second Bundesliga teams because if you are familiar with the second Bundesliga, you know it's uh, very much about physicality, uh, not so much about anything else. Um, it's kind of awful to watch at times, uh, unfortunately. So that's all, all, also a reason why, why uh, teams, you know, being relegated from the Bundesliga and keeping some of their um, talented players like Cologne this season, uh, having a bit of a hard time uh, getting used to the second Bundesliga because it's not so much about, um, you know, playing a well-sophisticated style of football. It's more about physicality and the referees are, um, you know, let the players lose and um, don't whistle off so so much. So, yeah, that that's just under second Bundesliga. So third is the typical uh second Bundesliga team, four one, four one. They played it against Ingolstadt in the first match against Sandhausen. Um Damir Buric, their uh head coach, relies on physicality, as I said. I mean, one of the like pillars of this team is uh Gugarnik, um their holding midfielder, who's I don't know, he looks like he's seven feet tall, he isn't, but he looks like that. So a really physical uh, holding midfielder who's just about uh, recovering possession and then just giving the ball away again. That's basically what he does. Uh, Julian Queen in attacking midfield. Uh, some may know him from his days at Bayern or Stuttgart or Hamburg. Um, he's a bit of the unknown in attacking midfield. Um, has p- he has put on some weight. We just discussed it uh, before we started the show. So... Um, we will see what he can do. He's still talented, but um, a bit of a slump past few years. Uh, but still a great tripler, I guess. Uh, but looks slower than he than he did uh, a few years ago. Um, yeah. Besides that, they have David Atanga, who's also a bit of a interesting player. He plays on the right side, uh, on the attacking right side. Um, he's a, he's a stud, so meaning that he. It's actually, he's a winger, but he can win aerials. Um, so they play because Firth plays a lot of long balls. Um, they usually target Atanga, uh, who then, you know, tries to win the aerial against the left back. So I think that could be something they could try against Schmelzer. So Atanga against Schmelzer, if Atanga plays, um, because winning, winning the header or getting the header and then just laying it off uh, into a green or Omladic, who's another attacking midfielder. Um, and then maybe they use the, the momentum to get past what one of the, uh, Dortmund center backs could be something they could do or uh, running at uh, one of the center backs and then, uh, playing a quick short pass to the, the center forward. Uh, maybe that's something they could do because they play a lot of long balls. They don't really have much to offer in, in terms of, you know, short passes and possession or something like that. It's just not what they do. If they don't do it against Ingolstadt, they <laughs> will certainly not do it against Dortmund. Um, speaking of the center forward, in, recently they had Daniel Caterwell, who is a French guy, but has played in Germany for a long time. Famous, famously, uh, was sent to prison for three years because of armed robbery, and then had to work his way back up uh, from the fourth division. Now he's he's uh, came from Fortuna Cologne, and now he's playing for third and was the starting center forward. But 
Um, thing is, he is not that fast and not really made for counterattacks. Uh, just um, his his way of running. He makes a lot of long steps. Uh, not really the frequency to uh, for counterattacks. So they signed Sean Parker from Augsburg. And he's more of a quick runner, uh, actually with a good eye for shot selection. So maybe they use Sean Parker against Dortmund uh, to have a bit of a threat in counterattacks. Uh, because, I mean, they will just rely on counterattacks. It's the only thing how they, ca- how they could uh, pull off the upset against Dortmund is by hitting Dortmund a few times on the break and then maybe scoring once or twice. Um, other than that, there's nothing really. Um, and, and also speaking about pressing, um, they ha- use a deep press in the second Bundesliga against like teams like Ingolstadt and Sandhausen. So there's not much, there won't be much pressure on, um, the likes of Diallo and, uh, and Akanji or Toprak or Shahin. So it's not that fans have to fear that, uh, Dortmund will give away the ball as often as they did, uh, in some of the preseason friendlies, uh, when teams play the high press. That, I don't think Fürth will try to do that because they are too intimidated by Dortmund outplaying them quickly and then, you know, being exposed. They, they just use a manner in its uh, scheme midfield, even counter pressing. So their, their counter press is not effective. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. So, um, it will be about, you know, basically recovering the ball as quickly as possible. That's, that's what Dortmund has to do and uh, not allowing um, too many counter attacks, not allowing too many threatening situations um, in after long balls, basically protecting players like Schmelzer or Shaheen, um, who might lose a few arrows. Uh, if if Dortmund can do that, then I don't think Fürth has much um, or has many tools to um, actually hurt Dortmund, and that's that's about it. Yeah, that's basically what uh, one would say before any odd cup game in the in the first round uh basically prevent counter attacks and uh you know win those aerial duels um however i think it's fair to say that third uh, is the worst possible draw you could get in the uh, first cup round from all the teams in there um usually you play against amateur sides um but uh there are obviously uh, a couple of uh professional teams from the second division that you could draw to and i, I think third was actually the highest ranking so the worst possible draft for Dortmund, I don't know if that means a lot or not. We'll see on Monday. Um, one follow-up question, Konstantin. How did uh, Fürth's left center half, uh, Richard Makia, the Swedish guy, do? Because he might have to fill in again for Marco Caligiuri, who is the team captain, but is also doubtful for this game. I don't think Caligiuri will play. I mean, it's it's possible because it's just a muscle injury, so you never know. Um, and as you said, he's the captain, so basically a veteran in the team. Uh, b- besides Roberto Hilbert, of course, the right back, um, who you know made his first steps in professional football at at Fürth, uh years ago. Um, so yeah, uh, Marcia, it's not really about the quality of the center backs. Uh, Caligiuri is also not a quality center back, basically at this point. With 30, 34 years old, um, slow. Um, the pro- problem is that because Phil plays uh, a man-oriented uh, defense scheme, which means that if they lose or if there's a rebound and they don't recover uh, the ball, um, usually they are just you know confused and all over the place, um, which is also what, what Ingolstadt um, exploited a few times. That's just 
because if if you can't you know switch from main orientation to uh more of a you know space courage that's or a stone courage then you can't really counter press and then usually because they have only one holding midfielder in Gugangnik, um if that, that guy is out of the picture then it, you can run at the center backs really fast and then most center backs in the second Bundesliga look bad um, which is also why it wouldn't surprise me, and I think it wouldn't surprise you guys, uh, if uh, Burich, the head coach, decides to you know go for a back f- five or something, uh, which a lot of uh, coaches in the German Cup uh, in the first round of the German Cup do, um, just you know switching from back four to back five, just to, the typical move to allegedly or supposedly uh, at some. Uh, protection defensively, which is of course not really what it is, but many coaches still believe that you know back five is uh, a better way to defend than a back four. Uh, but of course, they, then you give up some of the uh, courage on the wings and also sacrifice one of your attacking players, um, which will hurt you uh, most of the time. So, but I could imagine that one. So, um, Magia and Maloka and. I know if Kalichuri is fit, or maybe they will uh, move uh, Vitek to the inside and play more as, as a left back. Who knows at this point? But uh, that could be also a move uh, Boric might do. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, at least. Lars, do you think that Greuther Fürth poses a serious threat to Borussia Dortmund's cup ambitions? Do you think there is a lot of upset potential there? Well, I just learned in the last 10 minutes or so more, more than I ever wanted to know about Greuther Fürth, so... <laughs> I can't really say. Um, I think even if, uh, as you said before, uh, third are on paper the, the highest ranked or the, the most dangerous opponent you can have, uh, the thir- first round of the cup for a team of Dortmund's quality is never really about the opponent. I would say it's more about how seriously they take the, challenge that is upon them and also uh, how they can cope with the other team having the competitive advantage of having played some fixtures already. Uh, in that sense, it's probably better not to face a, a, a good third or fourth division side because they've played a bit more uh, than the two matches third have played in the second division. So and also kind of, uh, I, I think it's better for uh, a Bundesliga side to face a second division team that doesn't really attack much, uh, rather defends or, or, you know, plays typical as Konstantin in route to second division football, as opposed to uh, a real, an even bigger underdog, let's say a, a, an ambitious fourth division side that is really attacking in the league and, and really has nothing to lose and, I think that could would have been more dangerous probably than facing a, a side like Reuterfurt who know they won't get far in the cup, know they, even if right now I think they're third in the league because only one team, uh, St. Pauli, won both of their games. Uh, they still know that they're probably going to uh, fight relegation for most of this season just because with Hamburg and Cologne, there are pretty much 12 or 13 teams are going to face uh a battle against relegation for some time this season. Uh, I don't think they have enough individual quality to overcome, uh, you know, the, the their their weaknesses as a team. So unless Dortmund wet the bet themselves, I couldn't. I, I can't really imagine what 
what can go wrong so so much that you know Dortmund have a real problem of getting into the next round on Monday night. So short answer, no. <laughs> But um, last after having watched the the preseason, I know uh, you are very much like me, someone who doesn't make too much out of preseason games. However, do you think they are in in more or less danger to quote unquote wet the bed than uh, maybe last year? Not not had they faced third last year, obviously uh, against Rila Zingalen or whoever was the first round cup opponent last year that they would never pose a threat whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I think we can safely assume that character was maybe the number one objective Dortmund tried to add in the summer. If you look at someone like Thomas Delaney, I don't think you pay 20 million euros for his footballing acumen. I mean, he's he's a fine player, obviously, but uh, I don't think he improves your midfield Uh, on the pitch so much that you would spend 20 million on him but you know he's uh, a, a leader on and off the field he brings uh, some qualities Dortmund didn't have so you can take him into account you can take Axel Witzel into account who I don't think is going to be in the squad on Monday night uh, Marius Wolf is another one of these guys I don't think he's really improving Dortmund's squad on the pitch too much, but you know, that he, he has some of those off the field attributes they were looking for. So I think with the, the players they've signed and added to this group, uh, I, I, I think if anything, there would be less of, a, of a risk of them overlooking an opponent in the first round of the cup. So, uh, I, I, I really can't see any scenario in which that happens. Yeah. Also, if you lose this game, you have to fire kill immediately. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just kidding, obviously. But um, yeah, the coach Damir Buric said uh, to Kicker, I think it was, uh, uh, about Dortmund, they are in a good form, have played a lot of games against strong opponents. Uh, it didn't take long for the team to carry Lucien Favre's thumbprint. Uh, they are already pretty far. Um, Lars already said that Axel Witzel is uh, more than likely not going to play, at least not going to start. Um, Konstantin, obviously, as I already said in the in the intro, um, it's always sort of exciting to see the very first competitive 11. Um, so why don't you just give us your uh, first pick of 11 players who you think you'll see on the team sheet? Uh, yeah, right. Um, I guess Berkey, maybe, or maybe hits, maybe he gets the cup matches. I don't know. Uh, but I guess Berkey, um, of course, Piszczek, Akanji, Diallo, and Schmelzer as the back four. Um, then it gets tricky a bit. I mean, Axel Witz is, is not starting, as you said. Uh, maybe it's another match for Shaheen. Or maybe it's Delaney. Um, I could see actually Delaney. I don't know. I could see Shine getting the nod there, but I would prefer Delaney probably. Um, especially against a, a team like Fürth. Um, yeah, then uh, Götze and Dahoud in more or less attacking positions in midfield. Uh, Philip, Philip is the center forward and Sancho and Pulisic probably. So two wingers or maybe, maybe Royce and, and Pulisic. Um, it's probably good to have your captain starting right away. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's more or less it. I, I guess player Dahoud and Götze, that's a, that's a given. Um, and it comes down to who plays in the holding position and um, yeah, who plays on the left side. Whatever that, I don't think there will be much surprise. Maybe Toprak will play instead of one of the, one of the two um, Diallo or Kanji, but that's about it. Lars, what's what's your first eleven for this season? Who who do you want to see for the for the season uh, for, 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 for for this game, match for the yeah, first okay. game? Yeah, for the start of the season is what I wanted to say. And All so, right. who who you want to see and who you think you're going to see? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty close to what Konstantin just said. Uh, I, I think with Delaney not being a true holding midfielder, it's possible they are going to go with a 4-2-3-1 as they did in the final test match against Lazio, which uh, I think people have uh, made the argument that it was a reaction to conceding a lot of spaces uh, in front of the back four against Napoli, who have looked absolutely wretched for most of preseason, but somehow beat Dortmund comfortably 3-1. I mean, it's preseason, so you never know uh, how hard they trained on that day, uh, how much game planning was involved. So results don't matter in preseason, but performances do, I think. So I think uh, until Witzel or Weigel are there, uh, it's possible or likely even that it's going to be a double pivot with Dahoud and Delaney. Um, yeah, and then the, the, the only question to me is uh, whether Royce starts up front, which would presumably push uh, Jaden Sancho in the starting lineup on the left wing, or if uh, Maxi Philipp gets the nod, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, and uh, Royce starts on the left wing. Um I think given how much talk there's been about the striker position and I think Reus even said implicitly anyway that he doesn't really like to play up front as the lone striker, it would make more sense to play Philip. But I think they were going to go with Reus up front just because Jakob Runlasen was really good in preseason and I think they wanted to reward him with a starting uh, with, with a a nomination for the starting lineup against Fürth, but obviously he's uh, out for at least two weeks with a foot injury. So that plan has gone down the drain. And I think it, with that uh, having happened, it makes more sense to play uh, Royce on the left and Philip up front. Uh, what I want to see, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with uh, that lineup. Obviously uh, in the first few games or it, in, in a glorified test match, not to be too disrespectful to third. Uh, maybe it would be nice to get a better look at Ashraf Hakimi, for example, because he hasn't played too much uh, in the last few friendly matches. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to happen. And I don't, uh, I'm not going to get uh, overly angry at a right back not playing against Greuther on Monday night. I'm just uh, trying to stay awake for the final whistle there. Yeah, that's hopefully not going to overtime then. <laughs> that would be pretty harrowing. Um, Konstantin, you wrote a really nice article for Spielverlagerung and I, I, I think I saw that there's an English version as well and somehow Lars was involved. I'm not sure what you guys did there. Um, uh, I, I gave all the input and he translated his own article. Okay. 
All right. Cool. Um, so, Constantine, if looking at the article, uh, at what you wrote there, and basically translating that uh, a little bit to, to this cup match, do you think that Dortmund will struggle in any particular way to create goals? Because I think you wrote, or maybe maybe I just thought it to myself, uh, that Dortmund still struggle a little bit in, in build-up play when they are not playing on the break, but have to create something by themselves. Do you think this is an issue that you see against high-profile teams they mostly have played against in, in the preseason, or do you think this uh, will will be even worse in the in the game against Fürth? Uh, no, that won't. I, of course, it. I don't expect that they will um, beat Fürth decisively, like four nil, five nil, something, uh, because there's. Bit of bit quality in in the third team, but because third relies on men marking, it's far easier to play against such a system and and getting a player like Götze or Dahut free uh, of the marker and then you know um, go from there. That's just easier easier than to deal with a high press um, and basically having trouble to get the ball behind the first opposing line. That's far more difficult especially for Dortmund um but if you basically if, if basically the, the first uh, third player will probably cover shy in the delaney you know that's like that the center forward third center forward will mark uh the holding uh, Dortmund's holding midfielder and so you have plenty of time plenty of space um can even try something out with Diallo or Akanji uh you know doing some triples uh, into the midfield um, or just, you know, waiting until Dahoud or Götze or Pulisic or one of them gets free and then just play a, a quick vertical and, you know, it's, it goes from there. So I don't think that will be an issue. It's Dortmund has trouble when they have to deal with high press because some of the, um, players in the back four aren't really that comfortable when pressured. Um, they get nervous. Some don't have the technical quality to deal with that. I mean, just, you know, if you want to see what pressing resistance, which is a word we throw around uh, in the tactics community, uh, when you want to know what pressing resistance means, just watch a few matches um, from um, Joshua Kimmich. So, for instance, just the last match, Bayern's match against Frank Frankfurt, uh, when he is in, you know, really under pressure, close to the touchline, he finds a way to, you know, fade, faint, and then get free and turn around and play the ball. So, so that's pressing resistance. He's just, he, he's calm and he finds a way. Um, of course, that doesn't really apply to someone like Piszczek or Schmelzer, um, nor to someone like, uh, Umar Toprak. And even like Diallo can have some trouble, uh, in these situations. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. It will be hard for Dortmund. It will be, uh, it will be some trouble for Dortmund, uh, if they have to deal with high press, um, because they have trouble to get past the high press or the, the well, first but line. But as you already mentioned, that's, uh, very, very unlikely because Fürth is just. It's unlikely. It's unlikely against, uh, Fürth. But we'll, of course, in the next episode, we will talk about the first Bundesliga opponent, uh, Leipzig. And that will be a different story. And yeah, that will be a true test for Dortmund. And well, that is probably one of the toughest opponents you can get uh, at this point as Borussia Dortmund. Well, starting don't, into, don't, don't, don't spoiler it 
Konstantin, don't spoil that. Um, last, thinking back to the uh, first episodes of uh, the last season, basically, where we uh, often talked about um, the centre-backs moving forward, because uh, obviously Borussia Dortmund then still had a lot of trouble um, building from the back or, you know, making connections to the midfield and so on and so forth. Um, do you think that Third in particular, and uh, also in general, that with Diallo and Akanji, um, you will see this maybe not even more often, but also used in a very effective manner that one of the center backs uh, carries the ball up front and uh, hopefully the other one then uh, correctly secures the uh, situation. Yeah, it's certainly been a point of emphasis throughout this summer. And I would also say that uh, Toprak started doing it more and more uh, when he solidified himself in a starting role last season, uh, you know, towards the end of the campaign. Uh, Akanji is really comfortable in that role. Diallo is comfortable in that role. Uh, you, you saw Akanji play well at left back uh, at the end of the season. Diallo has played very well at left back for Mainz last season. So uh, they they have it uh, in their repertoire at very least uh, to move up on the ball. But uh, I think one stop one can play with a true number six or a true defensive midfielder uh, who isn't Nuri Shahin and dead on his legs, uh, meaning once Axel Witzel or Julian Weigel or maybe even both uh, depending on the opponent's play. I think uh, some of the build-up responsibilities will not uh, lie with the centre-backs as much as they have in, in pre-season. Uh, because, as I said, I mean, Shahin is dead on his legs and likes to play longer balls. Usually, uh, Delaney is not necessarily the kind of uh, passing metronome or whatever you want to call it. So I think they are going to change a bit... Uh, the the way they play out from the back once Weigel or Witzel are there and then uh, that that can also make it more effective when they when the center backs move up on uh, with the ball because the opponent won't be expecting it all the time basically uh, when Dahoud and Delaney are playing in front of Diallo and Akanji everybody knows that they are more likely to be heavily involved in the build up play so uh, a team that is courageous like Leipzig will be uh, can make uh, pretty good use of that. Uh, a team like Fürth who will probably sit deep, hope for a counter or, you know, set piece, penalties, whatever. Uh, it's probably not going to make too much of a difference uh, for them. All right, fair enough. Um, I guess uh, we can knock it on ahead then uh, with the third discussion and uh, because I assume some listeners will demand that we uh, quickly will uh, ponder over the uh, striker discussion since Borussia Dortmund are yet to sign one and I don't even know if they will. Um, there have been details creeping in about a certain uh, type of player um, that Dortmund are apparently targeting, meaning uh, somewhat veteran uh, 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 old experience whatnot and uh, very physical Konstantin, is that another way of describing Mario Mandzukic and hoping that something will uh, happen there? Or uh, do you think that was simply a general shout by whoever said that? 
it was the most vague uh, description of anything ever happened anywhere. Uh, <laughs> so who said what? No. Uh, I, I think Zorko Valske said it to Brunachtstein. Okay, Kerr, don't nail me down. Uh, okay. Right. No, 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 nobody said it. It's uh, a kicker report. Yeah, it's 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 dictated into the uh, box of one Henneke or Dash. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I I actually thought when I read it that it, that it might be hinting at Olivier Giroud. Um, still, I don't know why, but um, but since Bachuai has has left uh, Chelsea again, I don't see it happening. Uh, Mainchukic, I don't see him having either because uh, Higuain um, has signed for Milan, so I don't see Juve giving away another center forward here. Or also, um, you know, loaned a few other players. Uh, I mean, they need someone. They they have Ronaldo and uh, Keane as a as a more or less um, young guy, but I think they need Mainchukic, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see that happening. Quite frankly, I. I don't know. I just don't. Because why would they give it? A, uh, you know, give up Mandzukic. Also, because after after you know um, the other guy I, I was thinking about was Favili, so also interesting younger younger centre forward. Um, so he got in gone. He's on loan. Um, now giving away another player. I don't think that's happening. And say say to you. Yeah. If Bajoy would be at uh, Chelsea right now, I would think that maybe Juru is as an option, but so I don't think it is. And who else is there? Is it Finn Burgerson? <laughs> yeah, Lars, is it Finn Burgerson? He's almost 30, so he's older. Yes. Yeah, I think he's about my age, so he's basically uh, looking at retirement immediately. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Finn Burgerson is a very good Bundesliga striker. I, I would put him up where up there with most of them bar Lewandowski Timo Werner and I don't know whom so I mean uh, I would be absolutely fine with Dortmund signing someone like that just to have an alternative I mean a player like Finn Burgesson who is 29 or whatever years old uh, he he wouldn't demand a lot of money both in terms of the transfer fee and wages and also he wouldn't demand to have you know uh, a starting role for 40 uh, competitive matches a season but you know the the downside is that he's also never been available for more than I think 25 or so because he's quite injury prone he's out right now with uh, I think a patella tendon issue uh, for Augsburg uh, so it's not on the cards anyway. I mean, there there aren't any rumors. Um, so that's not likely going to happen. I mean, I don't expect uh, Dortmund to sign a striker, but I do think it's a mistake just because they absolutely cannot rely on Alexander Isak to do anything, uh, which I think now with the fourth coach not counting on him is probably the writing on the wall for him at least for now I think he would be uh, well served to go on loan for maybe 24 months but his agents apparently don't want that and I think he's also only under contract until 2020 so he couldn't be loaned out for two years anyway um, and and you know you've talked about Giroud and Mandzukic they aren't available 
uh, in parentheses any longer. Who knows if Giro would have been available at some point, but he rejected a loan move to Dortmund six months ago. So what what should have changed since then? I mean, he's he's a world champion, so uh, it's not like he. I, what, what what changes that that Morata is now uh, playing again? Yeah, but he played last season for the most part. Anyway, I mean, uh, no, no, no. Morata Mar- 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 lost his lost his spot. Uh, that's that's why he wasn't he wasn't uh, selected for the Spanish team. Yeah, but he lost but, his spot when when she ruled when she Eden Haz- to, to Chelsea. Yeah, but Eden Hazard yeah. was playing as striker and not. Uh, no, no, not but Giroud. but but she had a had a lot of appearances, uh, starting eleven appearances uh, yeah. in, the, in the second half as, of the season. As he will have uh, but this now season. it has changed. As he will have this season because they play no, no. Europa League. No, no, uh, Giroud has just lost has lost his spot. To uh, Morata because Sorry prefers Morata over Giroud. Giroud played the second half of the season. Morata didn't. That's why Morata was dropped by uh, Lopetegui. Yeah, but I'm, so I'm it pretty, has cha- it has changed I'm pretty certain that Eden Hazard played a lot of games at striker, but it doesn't even matter. Giroud is or, not going to Dortmund, and, and that's about it. And I mean, there. I I know uh, before B Twitter is going crazy over a random Brazilian. I think Petro is his name. Uh, I mean, go ahead and sign someone like that for 20 million and then you're more likely than not in the same position next year that you need a new striker. So I think Dortmund looked at their team uh, from last season or the last few seasons and they don't think scoring goals is the biggest issue. So they spent a lot of money on solidifying defense with two center backs in the span of seven months or so costing about 50 million with two defensive midfielders in Delaney and Witzel costing 40 million. And, you know, next summer is probably the, the point where they are going to go for a striker that, that will probably command a transfer fee in excess of uh, what they paid for Schurle, which is 30 million or 28 for Diallo. Yeah. I mean, Borussia Dortmund said that they will need two summer transfer periods to complete their i mean it's never really complete but uh you know to to what we say call call umbruch the transition to basically revamp and refurbish the team uh according to what their wishes really are and um i also sort of agree with uh what they did uh, as you just said they uh, put the focus on defense and uh, they were ninth in, in uh, terms of goals leaked last season, they uh, shipped 47 goals. And uh, yeah, that's basically the, the Bundesliga average. And uh, if you have the ambition of uh, Borussia Dortmund, you want to do way better than that. And I assume that uh, even uh, without a true number nine, they will still be able to create chances and score goals. And, uh, you know, if you have more midfielders, maybe you can create more tap-in situation. Obviously, in, in close games, it's always going to be a little bit of an issue if you don't have a striker who just has, has this magical first touch and, and maybe a couple of, of tricks that, uh, you know, the midfielders don't have. But I think for the most part, Dortmund should be fine, even if they don't sign another number nine i think the priority should have been on the defense and that's just what they did and uh, so yeah maybe they can uh replace the uh striker goals uh with uh, set piece goals for once i feel like with the likes of witzel and diallo and delaney maybe dortmund can actually uh, score a couple of more set pieces than they have done in the in the recent season so We'll see. Anyway, um, I think uh, we have talked enough for a cup game preview. Uh, thanks again, 
Konstantin and Lars. Um, Konstantin, where can people find you on the internet? Are we not doing predictions this season? Uh, mm, no. Fine, we can do them. I'll, I'll go first. Two nothing Dortmund. Lars? Two nothing Dortmund. Konstantin? Uh, four nil. Okay. And now where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, of course, cc underscore eckner, and also sh uh, just one advertisement. Um, just you know, you guys could go you know on iTunes or whatever you have, um, and download the Twelve Football app. Just a little bit of an advertisement here. Uh huh. All right. It's 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 low key. It's low key. I, I will I will go uh, go on further later, but. Um, it's, it's a new one, uh, it's with statistics on the Premier League for, uh, right now, but it will be, I think it will get more. And because I am involved, uh, writing for their blog, um, I just made a short shout out to maybe download it if you want. All Check right. it out. We'll Check invoice out. the app. Um, last in the meantime, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Lars Polman, uh, and they should absolutely download the One Football app as well because that's uh, where some of the articles I write for foosball.news are being uh, published. So if Constantine gets to do a very subtle uh, endorsement, then so do I. Well, and obviously you should always download the ESPN app because uh, this is where you can find all oh, the geez. writing from yours truly and you can find me at Stefan Wutzko on Twitter if you want to get in touch with all of us do that on yellowwallpot and yellowwallpot.com and uh, I'm glad to announce that we are also back featuring regularly on iTunes as uh, per usual and last but not least I want to give a shout out uh, I might have already done it in the past but uh, nevertheless uh, if I have forgotten uh, I want to do that now uh for uh, Adam McMurray and Stefan Wächter, who have uh, been so nice and pledged for us on patreon.com slash the yellow wall and uh, soonish I would say about next week I will uh, put back the option for you guys again to uh, get the stadium max I think we still have yeah two Marco Royce cups here and one Socrates I guess uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna you gotta hold on. on to that one Stefan it's going to be worth millions I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> holding on to it will not be an option, but, um, but uh, yeah, an obligation. So um, anyway, thanks Lars and Konstantin and everyone out there for listening. We will be back um, next week, obviously with our hard-hitting analysis of the Monday Night Cup game and then preview what's left to preview after Konstantin already spoiled everything for that um First Bundesliga game against everything. Yeah. Erbe Leipzig, yes. Anyway, goodbye. Until next week.